Chattagorgs, your weekly categorized chat cast. My name is Jason, and I'm joined by our co-host, Mark. Hey, guys. And Mikey. Hello. How are we doing tonight? Doing fine, doing fine. Doing pretty good. Yeah, me too. It's been a crazy, crazy week, and I can tell you right now that it just has flown by. I was n- I'm not as prepared as I could be for this episode, but I'm really anxious to hear what you guys have to say. It's going to be neat. So. Very cool. Oh, man, I'm ready for tomorrow. I'm ready for some Friday relaxing. Chilling. All right. So. <laughs> do people still say that? Yeah. I, <laughs> I guess they do. Just did. Just did. Uh, all right. So. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, let's go ahead and move into. I think I broke Mikey. It's it's a. <laughs> I broke him. Uh, good way to start the show. Yep. Um, I got more where that came from. So let's get. Uh-huh. <laughs> let's move All into that. our. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's move into our weekly topic. All right. So Mark, your yes. topic for last week under the category of history was top three mythologies yep this so, uh you are in control go for it woohoo yeah this uh this topic is all that and a bag of chips so <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That, was me <laughs> that was me eating the bag of chips all right well okay i have to improvise i'm not using that stupid sound stuff anymore so go wow. all right i make my make own, own sounds well, you know, I picked this category because I'm really interested in other cultures' beliefs. This t- week's topic is mythologies, and uh, I got the category of, or the topic of history, so that's what we're talking about today. And, um, you know, I've always been interested in other cultures' beliefs and mythology and how they shape their culture. And growing up, I was, I was fascinated by the concept of powers and having abilities that were supernatural. This is... Uh, because my first uh, category that I picked was super uh, superhero movies, and now I'm kind of following the same direction. So this is one of the reasons I I love superhero shows and movies, and this also led to the fascination with the idea of mytho- mythological gods that each had their own super quote unquote superpower and dictated some kind of element or aspect of life. And there's so much that I could discuss about each of these mythologies that I've that I had to break it down and organize it. Yeah, organize what I would talk about for each of them. So, for each of my three mythologies that I'm picking today, I'm going to tell you uh, their view of creation, how the mythology affected the culture of its people, and a fun story revolving each. So, uh, right. let's get started. Alright, well, my number three favorite mythology is... You can do a drum roll bit. Just sure, I I will happily provide a drum roll for. <laughs> I, th- your I thought you were, I thought you were gonna do it anyway. So. Oh, I usually do them for the top one, but you know what? I will if you oh, per okay. request no, per no, request. No. You can save it for the top. <laughs> All right, you got a short one. Go. For uh, it. Okay, go. All right. So my number three <laughs> favorite mythology is Egyptian. All right. Yeah. Okay. Their creation story. The Egyptians saw the creation process as having many aspects and involving. Many divine forces. The Egyptian creation story begins with the emergence of the earth, or of the world, from the waters of chaos that surrounded. This is the establishment of what they call mat, which refers to the fundamental order of the universe. 
In the beginning, Matt uh, distinguishes the world from the chaos that preceded and surrounded it. The waters of chaos were represented as the eight gods of Ogdod. Their actions birthed the sun gods, primarily Ra, who you probably recognize, whose uh, birth forms a space of light and dryness within the dark water, i.e. the creation of Earth. The origin of humans is not a major feature of Egyptian creation stories, but some thought the first humans sprung from tears that Ra Adam, his feminine aspect, or the eye of Ra, shed the tears that it shed in a moment of weakness and distress, foreshadowing humans' flawed nature and sorrowful lives. Oh, that sounds sad, though. <laughs> it's I, I, you pretty... Would hear, you would hear a corny joke. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you, word number three. Little, but I, I have if I say if I don't say it, I'll forget it. And okay, you know, go, go somebody ahead. out there will hate me for it. Um, <laughs> did you know that, that Lady Gaga actually really likes this religion? You know, ra 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 ra. <laughs> go ahead. I I could. I had to All say right. Moving <laughs> on. Uh, okay. So this is. That's how so, she likes her meat too. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, the Egyptians' view of mythology, their Egyptian myths serve to justify their traditions and to address fundamental questions about the world, such as na nature, disorder, and the ultimate fate of the universe. The Egyptians explain these profound issues through statements about the gods. All right, fun story time. Ra actually grew older and weaker at one point. And as chronicled by the Book of the Heavenly Cow, yep, the <laughs> Heavenly Cow, with Ra getting weak. <laughs> these, these these mythologies have some pretty funny stories, and they're awesome. I can't wait to get to the rest of them. But, uh, <laughs> you say, you say, you say what, what was the name of the book? Heavenly Cow. Heavenly Cow. That just makes me think it's like the uh, the menu at uh, In-N-Out Burger. I mean, that, that's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> well... Okay, in this story, with Ra getting weak, humanity plotted against Ra, and Ra found out. He sent his his eye, or whatever, and it killed many of them. And Ra ceases the destruction by getting the eye drunk to, see, to cease her rage. And the surviving humans uh, are dismayed, and they attack the people among them who plotted against Ra. And so this event is the origin of warfare, death, and humans' constant struggle to protect Matt from the wow. destructive, destructive actions of other people. So that is my number three favorite mythology. Very cool. I, I completely overlooked uh, Egyptian mythology, so I'm glad that you brought it up. That's awesome. Yeah, it's actually one of the first ones I thought of. My number three mythology is Celtic mythology. Throughout the the uh, Celtic mythology world at its apex covered much of the Western and Central Europe. It was actually not politically unified, nor was there any substantial central source of influence or government or pool, so to speak. As a result, there was a great deal of variation in local practices of the Celtic region. For, uh, for example, the god Lu appeared to have diffused throughout the Celtic world. Inscriptions of more than 300 deets, deities, often equated with their Roman counterparts, have survived, but of those, most appear to have been 
or come local or tribal gods, and very few are widely worshipped. However, from what has survived from Celtic mythology, it is possible to discern commonalities which hint at a more unified path than often is given credit. As a result of the scarcity of the, of the scarcity of the surviving materials between the uh, Celtic mythology, it is um, surm surmised that most of the Celtic writings were destroyed by the Romans. Although a writing, although a written form of Gaulish using the Greek, Latin, and North Itali Italic alphabets were used, Julius Caesar attest to the literacy of the Gauls, but also wrote that their priests, their druids, were forbidden to use writing to record certain various of religious significance. Wow. Hmm. <clears throat> Rome introduced a more widespread habit, habit of public inscriptions and broke the power of the druids in the areas it conquered. In fact, most, most inscriptions to deities discovered, from, discovered in Gaul, which is now modern France and northern Italy, are formerly or presently Celtic-speaking areas post-date the Roman conquest. Hmm. It's crazy. So, I mean, they, they had their gods absorbed into whoever the Romans or the Greeks that The Romans. Julius Caesar. The Romans, I, I did some research on them. They're actually not my top three, but uh, I thought it was interesting how they, instead of just destroying the culture, they're like, yeah, we don't care who, who, uh, Right. Yeah, I noticed that too. It's, it's, it's kind of they didn't really have any uh like their own kind of religion. They just kind of took on others. They're the Canadians of the ancient world. <laughs> <laughs> I liked how it wasn't really connected as a big part. It was all just kind of local things. All did their own little thing. There was some some small amount that was similar, but everything else is kind of up to their own. It was really small and local. It had, I think it, back at the time it had to be because the means of communication was so limited, which it makes perfect yeah. sense. But That's probably had, a good point, yeah. The they had dial-up connection back then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, that's, that's funny. Okay, uh, I guess it's my turn then. Uh, my number three, and before I lead in with my number three, I really wanted to make sure I covered my bases here because my number three is, depending on the listener and depending on you guys, may shock or scare you. Um, but I had to really make sure of what I was talking about. And so I went ahead and provided a, from dictionary.com, I went and got the myth, the definition of the word myth. It is a traditional or legendary story, which is the root of mythology, uh, usually concerning some being or hero or event with or without a determinable basis, determinable basis of fact or a natural, natural explanation, especially one that is concerned with deities or demigods and explains some practice, right, or phenomenon of nature. That's the definition. That being said, I'm not an expert on this subject by any means, so, you know, take it as it is, but here's my number three. My number three is the Christian mythology. Um, you know, if you look at the Bible itself, the Old Testament is chock full of myth stories. I mean, you're talking about Genesis, you're talking about, you know, <laughs> I don't read the Bible that much, so I mean, I I don't have them all just queued up in my head here, you know. Uh, uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. There you go. You've got, <laughs> you've got it. Somebody knows about it. Um, typically, Christians um, oppose Christianity being classified as a mythology due to its base words, modern uses. I mean, 
typically the modern the modern version of the word myth in, indicates lies, fables, or fiction, which Christians don't tend to feel that things that happened in the Old Testament and the New Testament were, you know, just creative stories. No, they they want to distinguish themselves in, in displaying that their stories in their Bible were real. So they they don't typically like that. Um, if you can detach yourself from your religious beliefs and take a step back, you can actually see the mythological trends in the Bible. And I've got a few examples here. Um, there's a theme called Axis Mundi, I think it's how you pronounce it. It's the center of the world theme. Um, in this case, in Christianity, the, the center of the world, according to the Bible, depending on what end of the spectrum you read, uh, Golgotha, you know, the, uh, you know what that is, right, Mark? Mm -hmm. Ten points. Golgotha. Place of the skull. Yes, ten point, bravo. Uh, that is where Jesus died on the cross. So a lot of, you know, they see that symbol of the cross as kind of the, the new beginning of Christianity, you know. So that, or if you, if you go old school, back into Genesis, Garden of Eden can also be considered as the Axis Mundi of the Christian mythology. Um, there's also the Dying God theme. A lot of mythologies have dying gods. A lot of dying, uh, and, and resurrections. So in this case, of course, Jesus is our, our uh, Lord and Savior. Death and, you know, he died. Third day, rose again. It's death and resurrection. Um, another thing is, is that um, they tend to, uh, Back on the topic I mentioned earlier, you know, most Christians don't like to consider them that the Christian is actually mythology because most mythologies are polytheistic. That is, they have multiple gods when in Christianity's eyes, it is monotheistic. That is one God. I think I said that right. <laughs> um, another theme that you find in the Bible that's in other uh, mythologies as well is, is the flood theme. Uh, the world flooding, like you mentioned earlier, Mark, in the Egyptian mythology. What was it? Ra's Tears? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there you go. So that's that whole flooding theme. Well, of course, the Bible has theirs. It's Noah's, you know, Noah built his ark and sailed around the world on a tropical seven-day Disney cruise. So, <laughs> um, so that's definitely a common theme there. Um, other mythologies where similar events take place. Um, other mythologies had, where similar events take place. Um, the Epic of Gilgamesh and the Finnish Hava were also uh, flood stories where the world had flooded. Uh, it mentions the world being covered mostly in water, that kind of thing. Um, for most of us Americans, uh, Christianity is a living mythology. I was raised Catholic. I still am Catholic to this day. I'm not as into uh, participating in the religion as I should be, as I used to be, but it is my is my uh, background and my faith. I do believe in God, so there you go. Um Debate about morality and multiple Christian religions, uh, the Old Testament versus the New Testament. Like I said, it's a living mythology. A lot of, depending on what subversion of Christianity you are, that is, if you're Catholic, you're Baptist, whatever, you know, each of those religions seem to hold the Old Testament in certain uh, written passages of the Old Testament. Some of them feel that it's more historical than we need to do this. You know what I mean? So um, it's certainly evolving uh, daily almost. Um, my favorite mythological story from the Bible is the Genesis story. It's on the first day that God created the world and on the seventh day he rested, that kind of thing. Um, although my favorite passage is actually from Revelations. It's uh, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Um, so those are just some of my foundational uh, favorite things about the Christian mythology and that's why it's my number three. Did you, uh, did you happen to catch the uh, the debate, the recent debate 
with uh, Bill Nye and uh, – Oh, no. I saw that on Twitter, and I wanted to watch it, and I was at work, and I couldn't watch it. Was it good? Is it on YouTube? Uh, yeah, it's on YouTube. I watched uh, there's, I watched about an hour and a half of it up to the questions, and it, it's pretty good. Bill Nye knows I mean, the I stuff. Mean, yeah, Bill Nye knows the stuff, and uh, the, other, the other guy, I think his name's Ken Ham. Someone, someone like that. But uh, he 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 had his good stuff too, and it was just kind of a an, in, an interesting argument where I don't know. It's interesting. But and a lot of times it, it seemed like they were talking about two different things, which you know each of them had their points. And I totally, even though I do just like you, uh, Catholic or uh, Christian, believe in God, uh, but I do respect Bill Nye in all. His brilliance, which he's a brilliant man. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah. All right. Well, moving on. You My uh. Your mascot. <laughs> our mascot. <laughs> All right. My next go around at the logo is gonna be Bill Nye and Bill Nye's face. Chattergories. <laughs> Two thumbs that's, up. That's awesome. You put a football in his hand, and I think you might get Mikey to vouch off on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my number two favorite mythology is Japanese. The career, like I said in a previous episode, I love Japan. I love the culture of Japan and everything about Japan. It's great, wonderful, love it. And well, beginning with their creation story, the Japanese creation story is pretty egocentric. the 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 first deities which came into existence appeared at the time of creation of the universe. There were seven generations of kami, the Japanese word for Jason. Kami. Got it. Kami. Kami, Kami. Oh, gosh. Kami, Kami, in? No. Huh? <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> uh, you say Kami, I was like, Konami? No. Kami. No. I don't know what Kami means, sorry. Kami is the Japanese word for God. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> the seventh generation made up of Izanagi and Izanami, which translated in is exalted male and exalted female. Um, this is this is actually going to lead into one of my favorite fun stories from uh, mythologies. Well, these two, the exalted male and the exalted female, went to the bridge between heaven and earth and churned the sea. Drops of salty water formed an island. They descended into the island and fell in love. They built a pillar and each circled around it. When they met, Izanami spoke first, the woman, in greeting, and even though this was improper they made it anyway since the woman spoke first they they actually had what they it's they said badly formed children or what we like to call today uggos <laughs> and so they they cast them off because they're badly formed and uh, they they actually they uh seeked counsel on why and it's because the woman spoke first and um well, that is egocentric yeah, well, they tried again. This time, Izanagi spoke first, and they had eight children, which became the eight great islands of Japan. Oh, okay, okay, I like it. Yeah, well, okay, moving on to their view of the mythology. Japanese people viewed their mythology as not only as their explanation to the origin of humanity, but also, like many other cultures, the origin of the right to rule, as seen through their assigned godhood to the imperial line. Today, their mythology can still be seen through Shinto, or the Way of the Gods, which is their tradition and practices that directly connect them to their ancient past. 
Now, actually getting into the fun story, uh, the deity, going back to right, the two characters, the deity is Nami, died by birth, by birthing the, the, in, the incarnation of fire. After her death, Izanagi traveled to Yomi, the shadowy land of the dead. And this land was dark, but he found his love, Izanami. He asked her to return with him, and she spat at him, saying that she ate the food of the underworld and now belonged there. He convinced her to return, but then after lighting his hair, which actually I think he lit his beard as a torch, he found out that she was now very horrid and ugly, so he ran from her. <laughs> she sent she sent uh, minions known as foul women after him, and he thwarted their attempts to catch him in many ways, including my favorite, peeing on a tree, creating a river. Is that the Yellow River? It is. Oh! Uh, no, no, I don't know. Well, it is. <laughs> so, Izanagi escaped and covered the entrance with a boulder. Izanami told him that if he left her, that she would destroy 1,000 people, living people every day. He furiously replied that he would give life to 1,500 and so began the existence of death. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's my fun story. And that is my number two favorite mythology. Cool. <clears throat> my number two mythology is Roman mythology. Most people often think that Jupiter, king of the Roman gods, and Zeus, king of the Greek gods, are the same god. But the truth is Jupiter was as different from Zeus as the ancient Romans were from the ancient Greeks. The Romans worshipped thousands of gods. As they expanded their empire, they discovered new gods from pe the people they conquered. And when they ran into a god or goddess they liked, they adopted them or her. Which then they heard about. When they heard about the Greek gods, they adopted nearly every single one. They gave all the Greek gods Roman names and acted as if they had been Roman gods all along. But they did more than that. The ancient Romans changed some of the Greeks' myth, myths, myths to better reflect Roman beliefs. They changed some of the Greeks' gods' personalities to better, reflect, to better reflect the way of life of the Romans. This did not happen overnight, though. In Roman mythology, for example, for example, Jupiter rarely, if ever, came down to Earth. He ruled from the heavens above, and his, and his word is final. The Greek god Zeus, on the other hand, was forever showing up on the Earth in disguise and had a great time doing it. He was terrified of his wife Hera and somewhat ruled himself by the fates. Juno, the queen of the Roman gods, was motherly. Her job was to watch over the women of Rome. When she wasn't doing that, she was busy with her own children and her own household. Hera, the queen of the Greek gods, was jealous and pit and pit petty. When she wasn't keeping an eagle eye on Zeus, she was plotting against any god or mortal who had angered her. The truth, the truth about the myths is that they change with the storyteller, the, civil, the civilization, the times, and the translation. All right, Jason. <laughs> hey, I, yeah, liked I liked that. That was very informative. I, I liked how you drew contrast between the Greeks and the Romans. I'd love, I love it. it. Just, I had the, I had the thought of like if uh, a uh, Greek uh, army had come in on another country and they were worshiping some kind of stick figure drawing, if they just said, "Yeah, we're gonna leave you alone." <laughs> right. House. All right. My number two is Greek mythology. So there you go. Tie in here. Uh, this is one of the two. You know, main mythologies we learned in school. Everybody knows about Greek mythology. Its influences are 
everywhere. As we all know, Hercules is the son of Zeus. We see Hercules in, uh, you know, we've seen it in a Disney movie. We've seen it on TV. Was it Kevin Sorbo, I think, played him? Is that right? Yeah, I think I got that right. Um, one of the other, some of the other things I like is, I like the references to the Greek mythology. And you guys kind of covered the other bases, so I'm just going to go off of uh, pop culture references here. Um, now, Mark, you, you can help me with this. The Chimera. What is the Chimera? Mm-hmm. Mikey, Mikey, do you know what the Chimera is? No, I've okay. never heard chimera? of it. Chimera? Chimera. Sorry, I like to call it a Chimera. Wah, wah, wah. It's a Chimera. <laughs> what is a Chimera, Mark? Uh, what? Is it, isn't it three beasts? Yeah, three headed. Head of a... Three headed fire breathing creature. Ten points if you can get all three heads. Go. Uh, lion. Yes. Tiger and bear. Oh nope. my. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Good try. Um. Lion. One like a. Three seconds. Horse or dragon? No, nope. you had the right idea. Uh, instead of a horse and a dragon, it was a goat and a snake. So there you go. So oh, lion, yeah. snake, and goat. What yeah. awesome anime do we see that creature in? I don't know. Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, yeah, Episode yeah. F1. <laughs> so there you go. Um, I also like the uh, the uh, Greek god Apollo, which is the namesake that NASA chose to use for its missions to the moon. So there you go. And one of my other favorite creatures that comes from Greek mythology is the Minotaur, which is like a half, what is it, half man, half uh, bull. Horse. Horse. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Kind of creature. He's cool. Um. The famous Iliad and the Odyssey comes from this mythology. It was written by Homer, set during the Trojan War. The Iliad, I found out, is actually the oldest written work of English literature dating back to 8th century B.C. So it is really, really old. Um, and, you know, you can't argue with any mythology where one of the primary characters has my namesake. So uh, Jason and the Argonauts uh, came from, comes from the Greek mythology as well. So I, don't, I still have no idea what the Golden Fleece is, but I know my name's in there, so. <laughs> and that's why it's my number two. Alrighty. Well, that goes directly in. My number one mythology is. Robro Greek! What? <laughs> Greek! Yay! <laughs> yeah. Alright. Well, as I did before, Creation Story, their view of mythology, and a fun story. Creation Story. The Greek mythology is heavily based on literature, as Jason was talking about. It was written that according to Greek mythology, in the beginning, there was chaos, which in many other religions, they see chaos and as one of the beginning as it's begun. And even in the Christian mythology, there was the void where nothing came out of, or like where there was nothingness. And um, out of this void came Gaia, the Earth. Pretty simple. Christian story. And I'll get back to a little bit of story later. Um, the view of mythology. The Greek mythology was comprised of their gods and heroes, the nature of the world and the origins and significance of their own cult and ritual practices. It was their religion and ultimate culture all rolled into one. Greek mythology has had its ex- extensive influence on culture, as Jason was talking about, arts and literature of the Western civilization, and remained part of the Western heritage and language today. Okay, my fun fun story. My uh, my creation story was a bit short because I want to expand on this. Okay, out of Gaia came the sky and their offspring together, which were the Titans. Titanfall had to throw that in. Um, <laughs> you go attack on Titan, but go 
<laughs> well, there's that too. Oh. Both awesome. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of titans, you know, in video like games eight. and stuff. Yeah, a lot of titans. <laughs> and so, so Kronos, the last titan to be created, rebelled against his father. Because he betrayed his father, he was afraid his offspring would betray him. So he ate them. Uh, Zeus, Cronus's last child, was switched with a large stone that Cronus ate. After Zeus grew up, he, he fed his father a drugged drink which made him throw up Zeus's siblings and the boulder. Uh, Zeus rose up against his father for the kingship of the gods with the help of the Cyclops, Cyclopes. Uh, Zeus and his siblings were victorious and the Titans were imprisoned. And that's my fun story, and that's my number one favorite mythology. Okay, well, my number one is Greek mythology. Hey! hey. <laughs> it's all Greek to me. <laughs> all right, well, now I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, all right, despite their awesome powers, the Greek gods and goddesses were much like people. Their actions stemmed from recognizable passions such as pride love, jealousy, and, of course, the thirst for revenge. The Deites often left Mount Olympus to become involved in the affairs of mortals, interacting with men and women as, as patrons, enemies, and sometimes lovers. They were not able to... They were not above using tricks and disguises to influence events in their schemes and plots, often entangled people together. Heroes and other ordinary humans in Greek myths frequently discovered that things were not the way they appeared to be. The underlying moral principle, though, was that the gods rewarded honorable behavior and obedience, and the people who dishonored themselves or defied their gods usually paid a high price. Right. Very cool. I love how much we all had the common thread here. We all used Greek. And we all talked about different things. So. Yeah, we all did. Except, hey. I still have my number one, and I already used Greek as my number two, so I wonder what my number one is. Mark, you guessed it earlier, but I don't think I did. knows, but here's the thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to reveal to you all how much you do know about this number one, but you don't realize it. My number one is the Lovecraft mythos. H.P. Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft. Now, if you don't know who – if that's not ringing any bells yet, uh, let, me, let me dig into dark, deep, deep darkness here. Um, it is a fictional mythology. It is not a real mythology. I don't know of anybody in the real world who really believes any of this, but it was actually a story. It came out of a story. Um, it was first documented in a, a 1928 story written by J.P. Uh, Lovecraft called The Call of Cthulhu. H.P., I'm sorry, not J.P., H.P. H.P., yeah. So um, the book was written in 1928 called The Call of Cthulhu. Now, have you ever heard of Cthulhu, Mikey? No. Okay, Cthulhu... Cthulhu commands it. He is this giant creature, and I, I got the description here too. He's described as a constant source of anxiety on mankind. The H.P. Lovecraft uh, mythos is dark. It is so deep and dark and depressing. Um, but it's very, it's, it's some of the aspects are just awesome, and I really do want to actually go back and read some of these stories. Uh, this is an excerpt from uh, Wikipedia. It says, in the Call of Cthulhu, H.P. Lovecraft describes the Cthulhu as a monster of vaguely anthropoidic, anthropoidic outline with an octopus-like head whose face was a mass of feelers, a scary, rubbery-looking body, prodigious claws on hind and forefeet, and long, narrow wings behind. 
Cthulhu has been described as a mix between giant human, octopus, dragon, and depicted as hundreds of meters tall with human-looking arms and legs and a pair of rudimentary wings on its back. Uh, Cthulhu's head is depicted as similar to the entirety of a giant octopus with an unknown number of tentacles surrounding its supposed mouth. Cthulhu is described as being able to shape its body at will, extending and retracting limbs and tentacles as it sees fit. He's the bad guy. <laughs> he is the uh, one of the gods from that. It is a polymorphic, um, uh, polytheistic, whatever you call it, uh, multiple yeah. gods in this uh, mythos. Um, but he's the main one that everybody knows. Like Zeus is to Greek, Cthulhu is to Lovecraft. Um, he's one of the many gods in this. Uh, the awesomeness of this mythology is that it really puts humans on the most, the smallest important scale of any mythology I've known. That is, the mythology doesn't crater or cater or cradle mankind. Mankind is very much irrelevant compared to the cosmic horrors that are in the universe. Love, Lovecraft empathized this point by stating in the opening sentence of the story that the most merciful thing in the world, I think, is the inability of the human mind to correlate all its contents. That is, if you basically, my understanding is that if you had been exposed to any of this knowledge of what humankind can normally perceive, that it would drive people, uh, men and women, crazy, insane, going nuts. You know what I mean? Humankind can't handle the knowledge, the real knowledge of the real world behind the veil of uh, ordinary daily life. So, uh, anybody that comes across Cthulhu or any of the other demigods uh, in the Lovecraft series, they would go insane. Madness. Just chaos, right? Um, you know, H.P. Lovecraft created the mythos, but August Derelith expanded on it. So once H.P. Lovecraft got done writing on it, there's actually a second era of the mythology that August Derelith uh, wrote. He introduced hope for mankind and actually further represented the story as a struggle between good and evil. So he took the original H.P. Lovecraft, which was very dark and like, eh, humankind ain't going to make it. And he kind of massaged it and made it a little more user-friendly, which is okay. I have no problem with that. I mean, it definitely uh, drew more attention to it. <sighs> All right, my favorite part of this mythology, the pop culture references. There's so many out there, and you may – each one of you know a lot about it. Now, Mark – I'm going to get you on two parts. You probably know both of them. Mikey, I'm going to surprise you on one. I don't think you're ready for it. Um, first off, uh, one of the other references is in, in one of the original Dungeons & Dragons books. They actually wrote an entire chapter based around the Lovecraft mythos, so, including the HP ability stats for Cthulhu himself. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Quake, the 1996 PC shooter game. The final boss was with a demigod from the Lovecraft mythos called Shub Niggeroth. Basically, this giant floating octopus thing. Guess what? Final boss in Quake? Yeah, Lovecraft. Uh, the original TV show, Dark Shadows, the one that uh, was recently made, remade into a movie with, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? <laughs> uh, the guy from Pirates of the Caribbean. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, thank you. Um, the original TV show actually featured an entire like five, six episode run, which was based around the Lovecraft mythos. Uh, the band of Metallica has an instrumental song called The Call of Cthulhu. Amazingly enough, one of my favorite bands, Dead Mouse, actually has a song called Cthulhu Sleeps. There you go. Look at that. All right, Mark, here's your two. Ready? Mm -hmm. You bought me the Munchkin Cthulhu card set. It's in my game closet. So there you go. And in the card set, there's actually a, a class of uh, uh, creatures, the cultists, that you can become a part of. 
and your job as a cultist is to try to get everybody in the game to join your cult, at which point everybody goes mad and you win. There you go. Um, mm-hmm. The other one, do you remember a, a specific video game that might have had something to do with Lovecraft, Mark? Um, let's see. Really wait, 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 wait. Come on, bring it together. You know you know it. I am going to go with... What is it? <laughs> can you, can you pull Pause it? for dramatic. Um, well, there's Scribblenauts. Yes, he is a playable <laughs> character in that game. And there's also a Cthulhu mask in like Payday 2, but I didn't include those. Those were just gimmicky little things. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll tell you now. Already. The, the Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem, the 2000 oh, yeah. GameCube game was based around the mythos. Basically, oh. you'd, you'd run around that game, Mikey, and uh-huh. that game would... That game was 2002, old GameCube game. That game was scary as hell. You would, yeah. oh, it, would, it was it was scary for an old it GameCube would mess game. With you. Oh my gosh, it was, oh, and it was hard too because as you ran around and saw things, you'd have this meter that would fill up, basically your insanity meter, and if you got past a certain point, you you weren't beyond return. Really? Yes. So that game was based around the Lovecraft mythos, which is a very cool game. Yeah, very. the the game actually told you, okay. Uh, error for deleting all your files. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. And it was that's playing terrible. It was playing a trick on you. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. That game was hard. I never beat it, but it was it was a cool game. And yes, it, I never beat it either. Um, now Mark, I think it's, I, it's sitting in my living room. Oh, dude, yeah, that game was great. I need to play it again. I'd love to go through it again. All right, Mikey. Yes, sir. Um, there are three uh settings that the Lovecraft Mythos takes place in. One of them is in a small town, a fictional city in Massachusetts, named Arkham. Where have you heard Arkham? Batman. Batman. Arkham Asylum. For the criminally insane. Coincidence? I think not. (laughs) In direct reference to Lovecraft Missos. There you go. Batman equal Cthulhu. There you go. (laughs) And that is why it's my number one, is because it is the sneakiest little pop culture mythos that somehow has invaded many of our lives and we don't even know it. So there you go. That's It's my number one. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> uh, you didn't say we can pick a fictional one, Mark, so I had to go with it. I just had to. Uh, I know. I know, you'd, <laughs> I know you would cheat. I know you'd be a big cheater. Ah, uh, come on. <laughs> Unless it's specifically stated, I can do it. <laughs> All right. So that was awesome. Okay. Uh, right. So, Mikey. Yes, sir. Next week, it is your turn to host the podcast. Are you ready for your random category? Sure am. All right. Here we go. Your. Let's see. Excuse me. Goodness. I'm excited here. <laughs> Next week's category, Mikey, is. Sports! Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, Mikey, give us a topic for next week's episode. All right. Three of the greatest athletes of all time, regardless of sport. All right. All right. I can't wait to do it. Mark, are you up for the challenge? I guess so. All right. I'll probably pick off sports like ping pong and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) 
bowling champion. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, are you going to pick the, uh, the entire crew from Dodgeball the movie? Yeah. <laughs> Go balls deep. All right. <laughs> awesome. Well, I can't wait to do that next week. So, any other, anything else uh, y'all want to mention before we wrap it up? No. No. Titanfall looks awesome. <laughs> it does, but I'm gonna get back to Starbound, which is so much like Minecraft and scary. And I think Mikey's gonna pass out over there. <laughs> so I'm about to. <laughs> thanks to both co-hosts this week, and thank you, listener, for tuning in. Next week we will talk about top our top three favorite athletes from any sports of all time. Bonus, you didn't say fictional either, so factual. <laughs> If your list was different than ours, we'd like to hear about it. Send us your top three items from this week's Category 2 Cheddar Cruise at gmail.com. And we may just read yours next week. Happy chatting.